Welcome back to the Always Aggressive Podcast. We're doing it Brady Bunch style this week. Uh, everybody reporting in remotely in our little quad box here. We got uh, Tanner Lipson, of course, head coach Tony Ursland, and Dylan Lighty joining us for the first time this season. Guys, great to see you. Great to be here, boys. Everybody keep it safe. I dig this. I'm enjoying it. I've had you in a week. This is great. So, uh, how you holding up, Dylan? I'm good. I'm in West Lafayette, just holding it down, holding down the fort. That a boy. Urs, you, uh, Urs, you keeping it safe over there? How, how, how's the clan? Uh, the, the clan is good. Uh, as long as we can get outside a couple times a day, it, it's all right. Um, you know, uh, I've had the phone or these headphones glued to my ear for the last couple of days conducting business, but um, this is this is what we've got to do to get better right now. So we'll do it. Well, uh, I know, you know, I speak for, for Corey and everybody else that, you know, we appreciate people doing their part and trying to, what, what is the phrase we're using? Is it flatten the curve? Is that it? Flatten, flatten the curve, the curve through social distancing. Social distancing. Somebody, somebody said to me the other day, it's, it's, it's physical distancing. distancing. We, have to, we have to keep being social like this. This is important. Yeah, I, I kind of wonder, though, um, how this affects – this is a question for Dylan because, you know, as young people, we think – and maybe we give it a bad rap, but young people are used to being on their phone, and this is how they communicate with their peers, right? Like they, they do all the, the social networking. Is this harder for you? easier for you um you know i mean what's your take as a young guy who grew up in this uh, social networking world does this affect you that much it really hasn't affected me that much i mean in wrestling season i stay in my bubble anyways so just kind of to phase out to this i just the only downside is i don't get to see my teammates but i live with one of them so if i really want to get a hand fight to seven i can <laughs> see that's that's what i like to hear you can hand fight anywhere i love it who's your roommate <laughs> Who do you Trevor Blue. My, boy, Blue. my boy Blue. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's interesting to me because you know so much of we think of uh, us. You know, this is uh, personally this is hard for me because as as Dylan just said, you don't get to be around your team. You know, and that's and that's the great part of the job. You know, I mean, everything we do with from recruiting and training and just everything else is, is built around the team. And so it's uh, it's tough when that's your life. And now, you know, here we are supposed to stay inside. I, I was going to put the, the caveat in there that I would not consider Dylan your typical um, college student. And the fact that we've joked several times throughout the year that he's, you know, a 30 or 40 year old man in a college kid's body. Um, he, he often, I, I believe he's probably one of our more precocious kids on the team, Tony. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, he's been around a long time, you know, he's, he's got, he's kind of got the long-term view, um, you know, so I mean, he's engaged, man. I mean, he's, he's, he's almost just like the rest of us. <laughs> you're all, you're, you're almost all grown up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Impending adult. It's like in Billy Madison when they grab that kid by the cheeks and stay, you know, stay here as long as you can. <laughs> That's right. So, well, Dylan, um, you know, we don't know what the future holds per se, but um, obviously a tip of the cap on an incredible season. Um, you know, just checking some of the boxes that you went through, uh, 31 and two overall, um, your only two losses came to, uh, Mark Hall and, and uh, Kemmerer, who were the one and two seeds at Nationals, 
and both were uh, incredibly tight matches. Um, second, uh, number three season all time at Purdue, Tony had a win percentage of 93.9%. I did not know uh, that. 111 career wins, which is tied for, I believe it's 12th all time. Uh, number 13 all time on the takedown list. Um, number one in overtime. You know, number <laughs> <laughs> We were. I, I wasn't going to go there yet, but yes, I, I, I was. I would. I would. I, I'm not. I haven't looked it up, and I don't know if there is a way to look it up. But uh, yes, I think it's safe to say number one in overtime victories. Um, you know what? Uh, just give us your take on the season and and your performance and uh, and kind of where you're at mentally. Uh, season was great. Honestly, is. Even after the events of the past, like, two weeks, I can still look back and say it's probably the best season I've had just in terms of being with the guys, traveling, school, like, just a really good, solid year. Looking back, I don't regret anything and just cherished every moment of it, so. Any specific highlights? It Was, was there any, anything from the season that uh, really stood out for you that is uh, – you know, you, you know that you're going to hang on to. Uh, probably the Rutgers duel. Uh, just with, just from, I'll never forget Parker. Just, you know, just that coming down to the last match and for him just to, yeah, just him hitting himself in the head, just knowing that he's just, you know, just not just him, but the whole team is just, we're going to go out there and when things are tough, we're just at our best and we just love the insanely difficult times. Tony, uh, you can probably speak to this um, as, as you know, somebody who works, from, you know, kind of on the outskirts of the team and, and definitely considers themselves a fan. I think it's really awesome to hear a young man that accomplished as much as Dylan did this year. Um, I asked him about his favorite moment from the team uh, from this season, and it's not about him. No, it's about yeah, I love that. You know, that, I love that. Um, and that probably speaks to the culture of the team, which we've talked about before, right on this podcast. We talk about <laughs> culture a lot. And uh, I think that's, that really speaks volumes because I would have, if you asked me about his highlight, we can sit there and we can talk about, you know, a Cliff Keene or we can talk about Midlands or, you know, there's just some things there from an individual standpoint, but that's really cool. Uh, and I think speaks to the group and, uh, that was a great, that was a great moment at Rutgers. I mean, that was a very defining moment and you don't get a lot of emotion from Parker. So when he says, you know, to see Parker kind of hit himself in the head, I mean, that, that's, that's right on the money there. So, um, you know, that's, that, that was awesome. I, I loved hearing that right there. Makes you feel good. Um, that, you know, this, the culture that we talk about is, is in place and, 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 and it sets the stage for, for got lots of guys doing great things. Like, you know, we talked about, we think this, the closing at NCAAs would have been strong because of that, you know, the, the way these guys, you know, feel about each other and they fight for each other. And so that was, that was, that was great to hear. I, I would have not have chosen that for him. And so, but, but makes sense to me and I, and I love hearing it. Dylan, I was going to go with um, the variety of expletives that came out during your interviews post Cliff Keen. Uh, <laughs> that was I, that I figured that was going to be kind of you know is that was that top five at least? Yeah, it can be in there. Maybe at five. Hey, uh, Dylan. Kind of following up on what Coach just said about you know, we, like I said, we he said we've, we've talked about culture quite a bit on the show. Um. 
and we, we obviously we've talked about it from a staff perspective. We'd love to hear from one of the student athletes perspective about, you know, the culture that the team has that has been built um, and maybe even like the role that you've played in it. Like how has, how has this come together over the last five years that you've spent in West Lafayette? I mean, things have just been drastically different from when I was a freshman. I feel like a lot of our um, individuals necessarily didn't do as well. We had a lot of guys just like on the cusp of doing something like really special. And then this year you had to saw the young guys kind of take over like Kendall, Tom, like Parker, Max, like these young guys just kind of excelled um, in places where we haven't like tournaments. We usually haven't been as strong in the past, and but just being able to like rally behind each other in tournaments and feed off of it. Like it's a duel, I think has been like a drastic like change from my point of view being in the lineup for four years. Corey, you got anything over there? Yeah, I wanted to jump in here actually. Uh, Dylan and then and then coach, you can speak to this too, but it, for you to for you to talk about the young guys stepping up and and you know, the reality is they don't get there without the leadership of of the seniors like like you, like Nate, like um um crap, I'm leaving somebody Christian. out. Here. Yeah, they don't get there without your leadership and and just sort of the way you guys stepped up in your own way. Talk about how that approach, your approach to being a leader of this team, of this group of guys, sort of evolved over the last couple of years. I mean, the past four years, I just kind of thought to myself, like, how can I get to the next step? And most of the time, it's just been controlled and controllables, like, we have guys that work tremendously hard and honestly, like they just push me to be better every day. And so like, all I've tried to do the past four years is just live a very like clean lifestyle and just slowly just chip away at the competition. And I feel like going from a losing record to a freshman to having the year that I did this past year just kind of shows that, I mean, it's not going to happen overnight, but you'll get somewhere. When did, when did the, the switch kind of flipped for you, Dylan. Like, when did you get to the point where you knew um, you could go out there with anybody in the country, which is what you did this year, <clears throat> and not only, you know, know that you could compete with them, but but beat them. But you could go out there with guys like Labriola, like Steyer, like Skatska, and it wasn't a it wasn't a question for you. You were going to win. Um, I definitely think just having Daniel Lewis here, uh, wrestling with him at least twice a week throughout the week, that's definitely helped uh, just get me prepared for wrestling those guys. Um, I'd say probably my junior year was when I really started to believe, especially after how the season ended. I just had a kind of a bitter taste in my mouth, and I knew that I was going to make this year special. I, w I would jump in with one other thing, too. I think um... – in my mind, and, I, and Dylan can tell me if he agrees, doesn't agree, I thought a, a good turning point for him this year, too, was at Las Vegas. Uh, you know, we, he woke up on day two and, and was kind of beat up and not feeling great. And, you know, just as, as things go with those tough tournaments, and, and I didn't think was really in a good headspace. But I know um, it wound up being a great day for him, right? Obviously, he beat a couple ranked guys and won the title. And, and I thought that was a really uh, – 
key moment, at least in my mind, for he proved I don't have to have my best stuff or how I feel, which we talk about all the time. How you feel is irrelevant because nobody cares. And, nobody uh, cares and, he, and, he, and he really got it done. So I felt like that was something key for him, too, this year, um, at least in my mind as a coach as I'm watching. I, I, I thought that he found a way to, to wrestle really well despite not feeling great. We know he, he didn't feel good at all on day two there. Um, and, uh, and found a way to still perform at a high level. So I thought that was key for him from a, uh, from a mental perspective, too. I'd just like to hear if, if he feels like that was, you know, important to him or not, because I did from, from an outside perspective of watching him. Um, I definitely think uh, – I just remember Vega telling me, fix your face. And I, I, was, I was hurting tremendously, but for reasons not needed to be discussed, but – I mean, just like I knew that I might have been limited in some aspects, but I mean, when it came down to it, just who was going to win the tough situations, and I feel pretty confident because we live there. So <laughs> I was totally okay with just toughing out most of those situations. You did, that's for sure. Um, where did this? Oh man, my hand, my mind just went blank. Uh, overtime, overtime, overtime. Overtime. <laughs> that's where I was going. You seem to take a lot of pride in that. But that's the funny thing is, though, he kind of doesn't because every time he goes to overtime and he wins, he comes off the mat and he apologizes to everybody. Like, he's, he's sorry. He's like, I, I, he knows that he's torturing us, and he goes and he does it anyway. Just <laughs> do it anyway. <laughs> oh, Lord. Dylan, like, what – what is it about – I feel like I got to the point almost like where I expected it. Like it was – I knew it was coming, and it was kind of like calming maybe in a sense for me. It's like, here we go. We're going overtime again. Everything's fine. We're gonna, He's fine. Everything's fine. So, like, what? but what's the other end of it like? See, so it kind of just started with – I mean, you don't get into that situation without being in there in the room. And when Ursula says last takedown, I will literally be in there for 30 minutes if I have to be because I'm not going to necessarily give up the last score. I'm not going to dive in. Like, I'm going to have to get it the hard way, whatever way that is. See, I don't want to bring up, bring up bad memories here or anything, but I, I didn't get as much of a calming sense as Tanner did uh, uh, this year because – and like I said, sorry to bring this up, but I, I just – couldn't stop remembering last year how the two biggest matches of your season ended that way, ended in overtime, and ended just a bit short. How much of a motivator was that for the last 12 months for you? I mean, obviously, kind of thought about it, not every day, but especially when training got tough and we were wrestling or drilling harder in the room or running stairs or whatnot, like just going through those kind of like emotions and you know heartache it's really in the grand scheme of things it's it's bad but that's not why you do all the hard things i mean just being around your family basically that's like i would say being around your family came first and then then like the intrinsic just like motivation of you know just being your best self that kind of followed i mean Losing on a riding time, like, I think that's a dumb rule anyway. So this year I just refused to let it happen. 
Like, I don't care if, it, if I had one second of writing time, I was going to have more than one second or I was just going to get a takedown when I needed to. And I can, I can speak to the fact that like he followed that up. Like Dylan was never in a situation this year where he was chasing. When we got into those tiebreakers and we got into that overtime, he always had more riding time than his opponent. It didn't matter who it was. Um, and it was nuts. It was, it was just crazy. Like, you could see that, you know, even though, Dylan, you're going to sit there and say, like, you know, that wasn't the focus for you, like, you never let it get there. You never went back to that place. And I think that's incredible. I think, I think that's a pretty fair point, you know, as I, I, cause I was just thinking about when you said he, he was never chasing. And I think that's probably right. I would like to know out of those overtimes, how many actually made it through to, to riding time, because a majority of those, he went and got the takedown right mm-hmm. away and ended it quickly. Um, and then, the one where that I do remember it went to rotting time. He was ahead. Uh, if you think the, the, the Labriola match at big tens, uh, Labriola finally took a shot in, in double OT because he was behind on rotting time. And then we took him down on the reshot. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a pretty fair point. And, and I know, you know, um, Dylan and, and us as a staff had talked about ways we can build rotting time, whether it's Matt returns or, you know, just doing certain things to build rotting time where we're not on the other side, as you had mentioned, Corey, of a few seconds. And that does force guys to have to wrestle you differently. You know, guys who wanted to not attack Dylan and win on two seconds rotting time couldn't necessarily do that because they couldn't get, get those few seconds needed. Or he was going out and taking care of it right away in the sudden death, you know, the one minute. So I think that was a pretty, pretty fair point there, Tanner where he was never really chasing. Uh, he either took it in his own hands in the one minute or uh, with the Labriola match, I thought it was key. We were ahead on the riding time because he had to come get us. You know, he knows he's not winning on riding time, so he has to take the shot. We take him down, and, you know, that's that. So I think that's, that's a good point. And, and then I will laugh because, Tanner, you had this, and so you can – nobody will believe this. I didn't believe it. You had to convince <laughs> me. Dylan Lighty was actually winning the team riding time uh, contest – for uh, a good part of this season until I think Devin took it over at the end of the year. So uh, strange, but true. I, I don't still don't know how to take that. Yeah. Um, I can. So to answer your first question, Tony, Dylan went to the tiebreakers four times this year. He went there twice with Bastion um, winning both of those. And then he went there twice, the big 10 tournament once with Romero and then once with Labriola. Um, and, and I can, I would have to really go look and look at the Bastion matches, although I know he obviously he won both of those, um, getting takedown in tiebreak one the first time and in tiebreak two the second time. Um, but in both the Romero and the Labriola matches from Big Ten, he was ahead in riding time both times. Um, and, yes, I, I will confirm Tony's thing. Dylan Lighty did have the most riding time points on the team, through uh, the majority of the season, Devin Schroeder did edge him out at the end, um, picking up some riding time points at, uh, at the end of the year and at Big Tens. So, uh, sorry, sorry about the place, Dylan. I, I, you were chasing that one. You know, when Devin's tech pulling people in the first period, it doesn't count. So, I think that's where the – I think he had at least four matches where he got first period tech balls. So, that's probably where Pretty scared I more got, than that. got a lead on him. Um, Dylan, what's uh, I mean, I know you haven't stopped training. What are you doing? Uh, what are you doing in quarantine to to stay sharp? Well, 
try to get started on some schoolwork today, but uh, our lecture video got canceled, so that's a plus. Um, just been just been running and lifting. Um, we have a a nice little at home gym in our garage, so I'm still able to clean a lot and deadlift and run. So it's really all you need. I'll I'll, I'll still be strong. Got to get that road this. work in, right? Yeah. <laughs> what do you weigh? I want. I, I'd like to pull my entire team on this. Dylan's is really disciplined, so his weight probably isn't up too much. But uh, what do you weigh? I'm gonna guess I'm probably one eighty three to one eighty four. I'm probably still around my five percent, just because yep. I don't know what's happening, so I need to stay ready. Yep. Yeah, I hear you. That's good. Now, you know, other guys on our team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to work with Dylan said, uh, you stay ready so you don't have to get ready. That's right. That's Ab Abby Abel quote right there, Corey. I love that one. <laughs> Always a fan. Uh, now, before we went on air, Dylan, you alluded to uh, yesterday you went on a five-mile run with your fiance. You want to you tell us about that? Uh, yeah, it was just – Nice, nice little stroll through campus, just me and her and the dog. And I was hurting way, way worse than she was after because she's kind of used to running longer distances. My lungs were fine, but my legs were a little heavy towards the end. But <laughs> towards, towards the end of the run, Madison wasn't as talkative. Yeah, she said, she said you never shut up. <laughs> The fireworks <laughs> there, there might be some objects thrown into the screen, so we'll see. We'll try and disregard. It'll be a fine. It'll be fine. Oh, um, money turn the pot over there. Mm -hmm. So uh, we got the news in the last couple days that uh, it's looking like the Olympics are, are postponed to 2021. Uh, tell me your kind of your thoughts, your reactions to that news, and uh, and maybe some of the the complications or, or things that it puts it that, that have popped into your head. Uh, it's it's kind of like going back through like when we had the need uh, the news to the team that the NCAA tournament was canceled because you know you got a guy like Jordan Burroughs who you know I was I was around for quite a bit of his career and really you know connected with Jordan you feel bad for him this you know I think was going to be his last you know last olympics and then he was probably going to be done um so it's interesting I have not talked with him yet uh, I'm sure I'd I'd love to reach out to him soon and just ask you know what he's thinking and and what the next year may be for him but yeah it's you know how long and how much work these kids you know put into this and so when you're talking about the Olympics, which is only once every four years, it's, it's you know, again, it's you know, the, the word comes mind is heartbreaking because, you know, is everybody going to be able to hang in there another year? What does the qualification look like? You know, do they stay or they have to re-wrestle these things all over again? Because I saw an interesting post where, you know, if the Olympics are next year and they use what they're using now, they're going to be using rankings that are two years old. You know what I mean? That's a possibility. Right. I mean, so you, you don't think that's going to happen, but there's so many different facets of this that, um, 
you know, need to be looked at. So I, again, you feel bad because you know how much goes into this. You know, if you're an athlete, you understand the work and the sacrifice put towards this. So, uh, you know, you're just kind of, you know, kind of disappointed for, for a guy like JB or, or James Green or these other guys that I've worked with or know, you know, and, and so you're just kind of waiting to see how this may shake out and, and what happens, you know, with their Olympic experience. Dylan, what have been some of your thoughts as far as hearing that news? Um, so obviously I kind of went through the same process maybe a week earlier, um, just dealing with that kind of emotion. And uh, JB had a pretty good uh, post. He said it was a pic, like a meme picture, and it was just, are you going to cry about it or are you going to boss up? And he's like, first of all, I'm going to do both. <laughs> I saw that too. That was great. Yep. Yeah. That perfectly describes uh, just the situation we're in. Like, because obviously we're going to persevere. Obviously we're going to find a way to do the things we want to do. But it is, like Tony said, still heartbreaking. Yeah, I think the hard part about all of this um, is the fact that we're all left with more questions than answers. Uh, you know, the, you know, Dylan and I were talking last night about, you know, they, we were talking about the clock extensions and stuff like that. And uh, we talked about this on the show a little bit before, Tony and Corey. Um, you know, it's easy to say, yes, this is the right thing to do. We should do this for these guys. You know, these kids have put in countless hours of work. Um, you know, they've done all the right things. They've, they've gotten themselves to this place where they're ready to chase their dream. Um, and it was taken from them. And so, yes, of course, the right thing to do is to, is to, to give it back to them. But then when you start going into the logistics of how, it's just like question upon question upon question upon question. And it's so hard to sort through all the mud to get to the place where, you know, everybody's rewarded and everybody's helped. It's going to be, yeah, exactly. It's going to be really, it's going to be really hard to say yes and make it happen versus it would be a lot easier for the people in charge to just say no. You know, the, the easy answer here is no, we're moving forward. Uh, that's, but I think we all would agree, not the necessarily the fair choice or the right choice, but that is the easy choice. I, I'm hoping that, that, the, the decision makers are willing to put in the work to make the right choice. Yeah. And maybe, you know, that might be a good, uh, as, as we're talking about guests, you know, maybe having Tom Mitchell or Jacqueline, our compliance people on would be great because they, you know, I know they're in the loop and I, I believe they were still looking at spring sports that were affected by this shutdown still to this point. I haven't heard anything in regards to a resolution there. And then they were going to get to the winter sports. So I guess if anything, I'm still encouraged that they are taking their time in doing this. Cause as Definitely. you said, the easy thing would just be to say, no, we're, we're moving forward and make it as clean and, and painless as possible. But uh, my hope is, you know, that they are examining every option and, and every effect. And there's a lot of them. So uh, I can appreciate the difficulty that they're, they're uh, going through here. So the longer they take, the better I think at least they're doing their due diligence and trying to do right by all of these, these athletes who have put in so much. Dylan, where, where's your head at as far as um... – a clock extension and, and how logistically it would work for, for somebody like you? I mean, for logistically for us, it wouldn't, I feel like it wouldn't be that difficult because I'm still going to be here regardless of clock extension or not. And Christian having that redshirted. So like for us, it would be a, a very easy thing for us to manage if we were able to do that. But logistically, I know in the grand scheme of like scholarships and other stuff for sports and, 
it could really get down to being a nightmare. But I mean, whether I'm done or not, I just think it would be nice to get some answers or like a feel for direction. Right now, it's just everything's kind of in limbo. Is it, you know, what, what Coach said about how it being a good thing that they haven't ruled on it yet, which means they're kind of still working on it. At the same time, I can see that kind of being, like you just said, it's, it's a little bit of torture as far as the, the waiting game. Um, what is your reaction to that as far as them taking their time and exploring every avenue? I mean, it's the only sliver of hope I have. So <laughs> um, when, the, when, they, when Ursula first talked about it, he's like, hey, this could be a possibility. You know, there's, I, can, I can live with a sliver of hope and just keep continuing my day-to-day. I can still train knowing I, I might get a chance. That That's easy. That's an easy choice to make. Uh, Ursula always says, like, when you decide what, like, what you want to be about, the choices are kind of already made for you. I'm still going by that. So what, um, you know, let's say uh, worst case scenario, unfortunately, you don't get the year back. What's, uh, what's next? I'm going to need for this travel ban to be lifted before <laughs> I think about doing anything. But. but as far as like, as far as I know you got another year of school, you know, you're working on your master's degree, which is awesome. Um, it's been, it's been really cool to see is, you know, you look at this group of seniors and, you know, Nate Limix is a chemical engineer. He's got a job lined up. Christian Bruner's animal sciences wants to be a vet, work with large animals, try to get into vet school. You know, you've already completed your degree working on your master's. Like you guys are, you guys are fantastic examples of what the student athlete should be. Um, and so just like, you know, obviously you're going to spend the next year finishing your master's, but like, as far as, as far as wrestling goes, as far as training goes, like where is, where's your head at going forward? I mean, I'd like to get a cycle in. I don't know whether it be through 2021 or 2025, but I'd like to tr continue to train. But otherwise, if I'm not training, I'd probably just stay in athletics in some degree, whether that be um, a volunteer assistant somewhere, um, strength conditioning. Just I've kind of laid a pretty wide like base to where I'm kind of a Swiss Army knife for everything. So I feel like my skills will get used somewhere. Uh, and hey, guys, we would love to have uh, Dylan around. There's the conversations we've had from uh, from an RTC perspective, or even just being involved with the program in other ways, um, so that he can continue to train. He's 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 got a heck of a freestyle um, skill set as well, and and so we would love to have him around, continuing to train uh, for for another cycle and seeing what he can do there. So that's just those are all possibilities that we we would want to explore with Dylan from from our our standpoint dylan sent me this morning apparently was that from internet dylan that you sent me uh uh yeah i think so <laughs> dylan, dylan apparently is one of the uh the top graduating seniors that have could have a flourishing career in mma according to internet tony what, what are you <laughs> i hadn't seen that i hadn't seen that wow there you go well i don't know dylan are you a lover or are you a fighter you know well i'm not pretty as you have already stated so <laughs> We'll see. My face is already busted. Yeah. Um, I, about every time I see him, guys, I ask, I said, hey, what's up, Ugly? How you doing, Ugly? So that's, that's where that comes from. Hey, that shiner's cleared up nicely, though, Dylan. Yeah, it has. You, uh, yeah. When you finished up Big Ten Championships, that was – was it closed all the way shut? No, so it closed up on Monday. It took a little bit of time for 
for it to close up, but Monday I couldn't open the thing. That was a uh, that was a pretty good one. I, I you know I I haven't seen a black guy. I haven't seen too many black guys like that one, Tony. No, he he had a lot of mascara on there. I tell you what, he was working hard. I didn't see uh, it until Thursday of that week, and it was still gnarly, man. Was, I, yeah. I'm impressed with John now. Corey, you got anything else for these guys? Mo must really love you, man. That's all I got to say. <laughs> oh, I tell you. Well, I tell, um, I tell you what, guys. I, I thought um, <clears throat> it's been an interesting last week. Um, Dylan, we saw, you know, we, we, we don't want to give too much time to this, but um, it was interesting to see a couple different media outlets play out the, the virtual, mm. virtual NCAA championships. And uh, and how those those finished up for for teams? I think I didn't look too closely. I think we had at, what three All Americans in both both of the two that I saw. Um, I believe Dylan, you were an All American in both of them. How did you feel about your results and and how that all went down? Well, I I knew when I saw the first round that uh, I got a major decision in the first round of tournaments. I was I was like, yeah, this must be really virtual because I'm not exactly <laughs> exactly known for scoring 13 plus points. <laughs> uh, you know, you're a top guy, though. Come on. You know, I mean, yeah, I I didn't see myself getting seventh on Twitter, but I mean, if you look at the the results of that, every there was like three or four guys ahead of me who I had beaten twice in the year. So, I mean. I guess being a virtual American is better than nothing, but <laughs> were you uh, were you at least yes. entertained by the whole process? You know, I think it was a kind of a good outlet for everyone in the wrestling community just to just see, enjoy, or get excited about something. Um, you know, wrestling is just super competitive as it is, so just seeing all the Twitter interactions and everything, I think people uh, they had a good time with it. And I think that was the whole goal is just kind of get them, get it off their mind. I got to tell you, I, I didn't really pay attention to, to it at all until I think it was uh, when Devin said, Hey, I'm going to get my butt chewed by virtual Ursland over, over, I think a loss <laughs> somewhere in there. And that was the first time I even knew this thing was going on. Um, and I actually enjoyed the, the comments from the athletes and people that you saw, then I did any results, right? Like, you know, I know people, they were running results, but the comments it generated was actually pretty funny to see some of the athletes jump in or to see other people comment that that was the part for me where, you know, it had been really easy. Those three days were all tortured, right? Cause you're thinking about where we should have been and what we should have been doing. And, you know, I, I, I think I, I made several comments to my wife and kids and they were sick of hearing it, you know, by the, by the time we got to Saturday night. So at least for me, it was a distraction of where, you know, you see some of those funny comments. It, it was enjoyable from that sense, you know, obviously. The results meant nothing, as Corey said, virtually nothing. So, but I did enjoy some of the comments I saw out there. I think my favorite was um, after Devin talked about uh, his virtual butt chewing from, from virtual Ursland, um, Parker Phileas made a comment about he and Max Lyons sitting in the crowd eating dipping Dots, you know, supporting. That's right. That's right. I'm, you're, you're right now. That's right. Yeah, we were cheering you on from the stands eating Dippin' Dots. Although, although from I what mean, Dylan said earlier, it doesn't sound like they were virtual Dippin' Dots, though. They may have actually been eating Dippin' Dots. <laughs> very possible. 
Well, my fiance got really into the virtual NCAA. She was quite upset that I lost in the quarterfinals. Um, I saw that. that was, <laughs> no, she wasn't no. the only one. <laughs> there was some violence threatened at some point, which I, you know, was a little concerning. I, I worry about you sometimes, but, um, you know, only good fun, right? Well, I, I tell you what, nobody knows who, who was doing the virtu, virtual NCAAs uh, officially, but my money's on, on your fiance. <laughs> so uh anybody got anything else i you know i think it's been great to get everybody together like this today and then i hope that people outside um appreciate you know what, what Corey was able to do to get together today and get the show organized um but uh Corey, anything else on your end? No, I don't think so. We're gonna we're gonna try and keep doing this. We've got a couple other you know hot topics to talk about. I think bringing bringing our compliance officer Tom Mitchell on board is a, a great future guest idea. That Tony, that's why you get the big bucks. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, thanks guys for doing this, Dylan. Uh, if if we don't see you again uh, on the mat, it's been a pleasure watching your career, and can't wait to see where you go from here. Appreciate it, Corey. All right, Corey, you want to sign off? Yeah, we're uh, that'll that'll do it for the Always Aggressive podcast this week uh, for head coach Tony Ursland Tanner and uh, of course Dylan Lighty. I'm Corey Palm. Uh, uh, always great to have a virtual All American on, and uh, we'll we'll keep trying to bring it at that level uh, going forward. Boiler up.